Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! to Nintendo Voice Chat, and my voice is gone, but today, wow. the week of, so this is being recorded on the week of June 16th, but we're putting out the week after. I am Jose Otero, this is IGN's show all about Nintendo, and we are at the Nintendo booth at E3. I'm joined by Per Schneider. Hey. Brian Altano. Hi. And special guest, Bill Trinan. Hello. In the flesh, not over a computer. Not over a computer. Or anything like that. On the screen hovering above us, as we've done in the past. And uh, Bill, uh, I mean, congratulations! So you guys won IGN's Game of Show. First Thank of all, you very that's much. not so how game? we put this together. <laughs> what game? Yeah, what oh, was yeah. Game? I don't know. Breath of the Wild, of yes. course. Yeah. The Legend yeah. of Zelda. Congratulations! Absolutely, yeah. And so we wanted to pick your brain a little bit and talk uh, a bit more um, about this game and maybe a few others if you can drum up some memories. But um, I have a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, first of all, I guess we should share our experiences because I think that's been the thing that has kind of fascinated me about Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. right? the idea that we all have a different story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my story was kind of influenced by talking to you first. You told me all the stuff you did. So when I started my demo and, you know, your, your uh, treehouse rep was explaining the controls, I'm like, yeah, never mind about that. Shield surfing. <laughs> so immediately. And, like, I can't believe, like, it's not just this, this kind of little thing you can do. It's like you can. I mean, it's like snowboarding down a mountain now. Yeah. So like, did you? Did they tell you that you can press the Y button and do 360s in there? No. <laughs> Are you trolling? No. That's real? That's for real. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, come on. It's, I mean, it's not like, it's, it's, it's not super complicated. You just press the Y button I didn't and he notice. does these little I spins. Didn't, I didn't even think so. To. Yeah. But, it, but it's like that, right? They were, everybody has a little bit of a different story. And then, you know, I was telling Jose, I'm like, did you know when you take the fire rod and you whack a bird, it turns into meat, right? That yeah. you can eat, like fried chicken, basically. <laughs> and he's like, what? You know? <laughs> just, I didn't know so what wait, to say. It, it, it instantly cooks it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, Insta cook yeah. with a fire rod. Yeah. First of all, where'd you find a chicken? Like that's that's what was it? It's a pigeon chicken. It's like, yeah, there's, oh, okay. yeah. So this, this is what I love about Come this on, demo. Come on, chickens so much. in Zelda. Yeah. And it's like it's it's been. This is what's making it very very difficult to wait until this game's out because I know that the version I played, the demo I played, is completely different than the story you had and that you had and even that you had. Mm -hmm. In that, uh, I I you, some people just started running. They just ran. Mm -hmm. As long yeah. as they could until the demo said, thanks for playing, and timed out. <laughs> and other people got into combat. I got into a scenario where I was fighting a bunch of enemies, and I picked up uh, one of the, the... It was like a spear, hammer type thing. Mm. And I just, just threw it at his head. And it just hit him in the head, and he fell off of the top of a guard post. <laughs> and, and your sword was gone. Yeah, and it's just gone. gone. And I'm like, well, that was fun that I could do that. Like, <laughs> usually, you, like, you're so attached to this thing, you don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. But since or you the, couldn't get rid of you it. You couldn't get rid of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's made it very difficult to know that this demo was happening somewhere at E3, and then I played it, and then I couldn't play it again, because Jose was playing it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, I, I heard you've been playing it a lot. I have. Like, <laughs> is this a running gag in the Nintendo booth? Because no. he walks in, they're like, Jose again? Yeah, every time, every well, day, I see you yeah. here like three times a day. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but better, better still, you have put in more time than I have. So I, I'd be yeah. curious what? to hear some of your stories of, of things that you've seen that you have experienced, rather. Well, so... <laughs> So there's a, there's a few things, um, and probably one of you know I'm not constrained by the E3 demo. I, I'm able to go yeah, off rub the it in. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, humble brag. Well, there's it's kind of funny. There were there were a couple of things that that really struck me. And the first was I was just like as soon you know as soon as you get off the plateau, you're like holy smokes, this whole world is out here. Like I just want to go see what's there, mm. and uh, and so I got a horse and uh, and just started riding all the way across the world and. I didn't. I didn't stop. I, like I would. I'd go like flying past these shrines. And I'm like, oh, I should come back and check that out later, you know. Or I'd see one way up, and I'd just go right past it, and I just kept going and going. And uh, and the way that the the story kind of works in the game is they give you sort of. There's a point where it's like you have a few different things that you can choose to do, you know. And you can say, like, I want to go to the shrines, or I want to go, you know, you know follow the story or I want to learn more about kind of Link's past or something like that mm -hmm. um, but once you make that choice you just do whatever you want and so here I am on my horse I just go taking off and I'm thinking I've, eventually I've got to get to this place that they told me I should probably go to at some point and I realized after going all the way out there that um, I hadn't opened up any of the shrines and I had left my horse somewhere and like climbed up a mountain and gone down the other side and so I was like way out in the middle of the wilderness <laughs> and I'm like Oh man, <laughs> I've got a long walk back. <laughs> wow! And other times where you like, like in the original Legend of Zelda, you, you're completely out of your league. I mean, I, oh, I, absolutely, I met absolutely. the rock monster in the demo. Obviously, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to fight that right now. Yeah. I'm going to go kill that blue book goblin and get his broadsword first, and then you know, like, I was, I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll be back later. But yeah. you encounter stuff like that? No, absolutely. I mean, and the game is. It's funny because you know Nate Bildorf and I. We've had a lot of conversations with Al Numason over the years, and this has been sort of a common theme for both of us. Is we want to be able to get back to that point where you can go anywhere in the world and get your butt handed to you. you yeah. know, like you just get demolished because you have no business being there yeah. um, and the game's totally designed that way the other thing that's uh, that's just amazing is you know I do a lot of, I do a lot of hiking myself or at least mm -hmm. I used to when I was younger and had more time <laughs> and so for me it was all just about I just want to climb mountains yeah. and and there was this one point where I was I was riding on a horse following this path and, and I knew where I was headed to and I look at the map, and the path kind of meanders around this way and kind of goes up and goes, and I'm like, I'm just trying to, I, it's right on the other side of this mountain. I'm just going to see if I can ride my horse up this mountain and just down the other side. And, uh, and so I ride my horse way up into the peaks, and I get up to this place, and there's like these, 
I mean, you would probably love this. There's these like rocky spires of mountaintop, and in between there's these fields of grass. It's like these alpine meadows. Wow. And I was like, I'm, I'm in the sound of music right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to sing. So you link? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Yeah. How about you? You uh, did you play around with a magnet and stuff? Did yeah, you do that kind yeah. Of stuff? It was, and it was. I was. It was uh, kind of thrown off by how the. Controls are different in this game than any other Zelda game I played before, mm-hmm. and I really, I was really interested in how quickly I, I like I was learning them and how sort of immediately I was bad at them. That yeah. never happens. Everything is sort of just like immediately kind of uh, it clicks and it's handed to you in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I, I've, what I found so interesting about this was that like that the pushback that the controls gave me and that a lot of the game gives you when your items break or mm-hmm. when you're cold or you're running out of hearts. Uh, there's this sort of like weird inherent sort of like loneliness to the game yeah. this like kind of uh, isolation feeling which mm-hmm. I find so fascinating because my earliest memories of The Legend of Zelda are starting up the original one on NES mm-hmm. and just walking out into the world and being like my my thing's beeping I don't have enough hearts yeah. I don't have enough arrows you know mm-hmm. I have just a sword my shield got eaten by one of those like likes, likes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm near Death Mountain or whatever that versions of that game was, and I'm getting my butt kicked. Mm-hmm. And th- I'm, I'm, this is the this is the closest a Zelda game has come to revisiting that for me. Yeah. Uh, and especially right down to the way I think the, the art style mimics a lot of the the sort of the illustrations that surrounded the original Zelda games, yeah. which are always my favorite. Um, so I just love how all of that is coming together because it's it's a very kind of dangerous world. Yeah. You know, you don't actually feel comfortable and safe almost doing anything. And when you get good at a, a game like that, it's incredibly rewarding. What I liked is that the game doesn't hold your hands. Like yes. this is one you know skull shaped cave that is in the demo, and I think everybody encountered it. And through the eye of the skull cave, you can see a lantern hanging from a rope, and you see explosive barrels below. Yeah. It's like, you know, the hint is there. It's like, you can blow that up, and there's, a, yeah. there's some tough enemies in there, right? Yeah. And uh, one player from IGN hit the lantern, and it started to swing. Yeah. And then he shot the rope, but it missed some of the barrels, <laughs> yeah. and then it, it riled everybody up, and so all these bokoblins come running after him, and, like, kicked his butt, yeah, right? Yeah, and, like, yeah. when I played it, I, of course, shot the rope, right? Big oh. Sergio Leone fan there, uh, and, and took him out, and then, but then the blue guy survived and came at me, yeah. too, and, like, suddenly, I'm, like, I'm fighting him, and at that point, I was still struggling with the controls, where I'm, like, I'm so familiar with Wind Waker or Twilight Princess, but I'm, like, hold on, jump button, slash button, and then everybody throws the sword accidentally once, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you just run into this, and, like, mm-hmm. I had to relearn everything about this game because suddenly with jumping, the combat becomes different, too, where you purposely jump forward and then hit the slash, and then you do this hammer attack yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was just really cool. It's, yeah. like, this familiar world, familiar characters, familiar some familiar items, but then it all feels so different. Well, the other thing that's interesting is, you know, like... You know, Wind Waker had some of those sort of those dodging yeah, moments, right? Love where those. The, the A button would kind of turn sharp, and right. like, you know. And the, in this game, the timing for it is different, and your window for it is also different. And so it, it actually is more challenging to do that backflip dodge if you've mm-hmm. been a long time Zelda player, just because your side, like, you know, I don't know, it's sort of like, for me, it's sort of like Smash Brothers. It's just like in my muscle memory. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it's. You know, yep. this is the timing to do it, and That's now right. you're like, I have to relearn this. Yeah. Well, I had an instance where the muscle memory saved me by accident. So I was able to, uh, so I was inside of one of the shrines. This was the one where you get the ability to, uh, I think it's called cryosis, the one that you create sort of ice blocks, yeah. if, if that's the name. Yeah. Um, and in that playthrough, uh, there's sort of a miniature guardian. I want to say it's the guardian's mm-hmm. little brother that runs around, yeah. um, and it, has, it, it will shoot a, a projectile at you. And I saw it, I put my shield up instinctively, and I'm like, okay. And it was maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. And it fired its shot, and I reflexively hit A, because Zelda games have trained me to do that yeah. forever. So I ended up doing perfect shield instead, where Link swings his shield out, and I clipped the projectile as it was coming in, and it flew back and hit him. <laughs> and, he, and it exploded in one hit. And I was just yeah. there like, oh my. And everybody around me went, whoa. <laughs> and the demonstrator was like, I did not know you can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's this process of just rediscovering a lot of what, uh, just a lot about Zelda. You know, so yeah. it's Zelda in some ways that it is familiar, but it is very unfamiliar in others. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I during my demo, too, like, there were people standing around who were saying, oh, I didn't know you could do that, you know. 
uh, people who work at Nintendo yeah. because there's just uh, there seems to be so much in that game. But the, well, the, yeah, and I even I don't know if I should even say this, but you I, should, I, you I, should I, say this. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't. I hadn't tried this in the demo Ooh. myself, but apparently. So there's there's places where you can find those the metal plates mm-hmm. on the ground that you can use with the magnesis, yeah. and apparently if you stack one, on, like if you stack them sort of like crosswise, so one's on top of the other, and then you stand on the top one, and then you use magnesis on the bottom one, you can like float. No, <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Wow. Apparently, I don't know, I've heard about. Well, this. I feel like I'm back on the playground. <laughs> that that can break the game, game though, right? Like if you don't watch out, don't you got a hover yeah. hovercraft. <laughs> but, but that, so that item, I had so much fun with it. Actually, it reminded me of if you remember the N64 game uh, Rocket, Robot mm-hmm. on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That was one of the yeah. first games where like the physics were so intricate that what you wanted, you just wanted to play with the physics. You're like, oh, let me see what happens to the seesaw if I do this and this and this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this game, you know, I bla- I grabbed the planks and then I just started messing with the planks and seeing what I could do. Can I lean it onto this? Can I do this? And then you take a boulder and you start smashing it on your enemies like, bam, 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 right? Like, I was saying so during cool. our, one of our IGN Live uh, interviews uh, with, with Daniel from Treehouse mm-hmm. about how I'm, like, I have a theory that Link is kind of a menace in this game. <laughs> he and he basically goes upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he steals apples, burns down trees, messes with people's yeah. dinner parties, steals their steak. Like they're cheering around him. dinner, and he's just like, he comes over, kicks their butt, steals their food, rolls a boulder down the hill. Like yeah. he's just messing with nature, he's messing with people and everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very so that was the other one of the things, you know, I mean, we've, we've obviously spent, spent a lot of time playing it. And one of the things that I was a little bit worried about is when you're showing, you know, you're showing it, for example, on Treehouse Live or in a, in a trailer, people who are watching that who haven't played the game might look at you rolling a boulder down the hill and they're like, oh, that's a scripted event. Right. And Which it's totally not. You, you can know. run yeah. on top of the boulder, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? What? Yeah. You can push a boulder and then just run on totally. it. I saw somebody do it. Like, like Wiley Coyote? Yeah. Yeah. I do, awesome. So what are some yeah. other things that maybe we haven't talked about yet that are in here that we didn't see, right? Like someone, someone on our team found a rupee. Yeah, example. there is a there is a rupee yeah, hidden in a, there. A blue rupee hidden in there. I love that. This is like how how interesting and different this this game is. Is that we're all sitting around, we're like, someone found a rupee. Yeah, yeah. I usually like, find well, millions of those. Did you see a heart? I didn't see a heart. Yeah, no. But Anuma also like told us that like, okay, you can slash crash all you want. You're not getting health that way, right? Yeah. Like, you have to eat food, or but you get crickets. You don't get you don't get rupee. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could. Yeah, you'll find frogs and eat them. Yeah. That's true. I found a cricket. Yeah, you can find crickets. There's delicious too. What are some other things that maybe folks haven't found? Uh, well, if you were playing... So if you... The thing that's interesting is that it's... It all depends on where in the terrain you are, right? Hmm. So there's... As you come out of the cave up top, um, you can go down to the right towards the old man. If you go run straight off the cliff without the, paras- the, the paraglider, paraglider, you're going to die. Right. Yeah. But um, right down below that cliff is sort of the area where the talus is and there's sort of like the little lake and the forested area in there. Mm. So you go down there at nighttime and there's fireflies all over the place. Mm. Um, Which, and I I have this like weird kind of firefly obsession because when I was a kid we went to Disneyland and we rode on Pirates of the Caribbean and I saw fireflies and I was just like that's the coolest thing ever. Those are the best fireflies ever too, yeah. right? The Pirates ones, yeah. yeah I don't so think we I have them in California for some yeah, reason. Yeah, we don't have fireflies in, there's certainly no fireflies in Seattle so yeah. the only place I'd ever seen them was at Disneyland. Yeah, so I, I, them growing up, so I saw them in Japan. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. But So there's fireflies down in that area that you can collect. Um, you know, there's... It's interesting. There's like there's this one spot. Uh, I think it's kind of a little bit past where that uh, the the skull cave is that you saw. You kind of go up from there and then back down. And there's another little camp of bokoblins there. And then at the back of their camp, there's like this little area um, that's kind of covered with some boards or something. And you mm-hmm. can break the boards and get in there. And there's a chest in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a, a bee's nest in there. So as soon as you break the boards, the bees start attacking you. You're just like, ah! That's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. And, uh, and when, then you have something like the Sheikah Slate, which is this new sort of uh, item yeah. that Link carries around. Um, and that some of the abilities that this thing can do really surprised me. So we talked about magnesis, which, mm-hmm. was, which was cool. And you start with being able to create circular bombs or cube-shaped bombs. Yeah. I remember that. But then there's stasis which completely blew my mind when I was in that part of the demo yeah. because through stasis you're able to manipulate an object, like basically freeze it in time mm-hmm. and then if you hit it with like a hammer or something and you build up sort of energy on it mm-hmm. when stasis wears off that thing will fly over a, cl- a canyon like it'll just <laughs> straight into the air like a rocket and I was just here like <laughs> 
What? I mean, so clearly. Uh, oh, did you find a hammer in there? I did. Yeah. Where did you find the hammer? Um, I didn't even know the hammer was in the town. I don't. I don't remember. Unless I'm confusing it with the axe, but I'm pretty sure it was a hammer. It had sort of a blunt end, uh, oh, the, sh- oh, the way wow. it was shaped. Um, maybe I'm misspeaking. But no, but if you were playing with stasis, it's a, there's a good. Ch- maybe there must have been one near there. I guess. Yeah, I think when you first get in there, there was a hammer nearby or oh, something. Man. Yeah. This is going to be like the longest year of our lives yeah. waiting yeah. for this game to come. Yeah, out. for you guys to say more. Even, well, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, then there was. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the, the, our live stream first thing on mm-hmm. Tuesday morning that we ended with my my special project. Where I, you know, went down near the cave, the the skull cave, and I took all of. There's like this pile of four explosive barrels, right before you get there, uh-huh. and I made kind of this this line. I spaced them out, and uh, just like far enough away from the campfire, and then took a wooden club and just like lobbed it at the campfire. And it, we had done this. Uh, I I done this back at the office, and I d- I did it perfectly where I got the club like at spinning as I threw, and it caught fire. Right between the fire and the first barrel, and then it blew up in a chain. Oh, man. Uh, but on the stream, I, I accidentally hit the first barrel and knocked it into it, and then everything blew up at once. <laughs> oh, man. And then as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, what I needed to do was get a bunch of tree branches and then set the barrels up far away and then line them up one by one yeah. and then watch the fire go along them all right. to blow them all up. Yeah. So it's becoming almost like a, you know, like a. I, I think of like Minecraft obviously has these chain reactions where you're just messing around with yeah. TNT trying to do something mm-hmm. or like I remember all these videos when the original Halo came out where people were trying to blow the warthog over the the, the hills mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know like it feels like we haven't had something in a Zelda game like that because yeah. we didn't have that kind of physics engine in the yes. same way that's yeah. really yeah. really cool yeah. 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 clearly you guys invested a lot in making that work I don't think I've seen a, a, a Nintendo game I can think of that had this sort of here's the fun things you could do with physics yeah. almost to the level of like when Half-Life 2 came out and everyone was like using gravity guns to pick things up and shoot yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. things. I thought, I thought it was very interesting that Link doesn't have a home yet or a house. Like he just mm, kind of wakes... a sarcophagus. Yeah, maybe. well, I, I mean, the, I, I didn't a want to be reduction chamber. Well, this game has the same plot as Demolition Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Where someone's asleep for a hundred years and gets up and has to go, like, you know, save the world. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he wakes up in this sort of, like, tomb <laughs> and uh, then leaves. It's not like he has this cool tree house. The fairy doesn't come in and go, hey, how's yeah. it going? Are you saying Ganon so, is Wesley Snipes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Brian, Brian, I actually have a, a theory about where this game is in the timeline. So while Ooh. I tell it, you guys should look at his face okay. and see if you detect anything. <laughs> Zoom um, in the camera. So, do you guys, do you guys remember in the? Uh, do you remember in the timeline that in the official, <clears throat> unofficial timeline, Link dies in one of the timelines, mm-hmm. and then Ganon takes over? Right? Yeah. You got to look him in the eye. Right? I'm I think that is the same Link, and you know, Ganon gets resurrected every time. We have never seen a Link resurrection. I think this is mm. the world destroyed mm. by Ganon, and Link is brought back in this weird. It looks like an alien resurrection. Direction chamber. He well, seems unfazed. Well, actually, unfazed. Think, I mean, if you think about it, in the demo, <laughs> when you that very beginning of the demo, it does say the Shrine of Resurrection. Yeah, that's yeah, where I was yeah. thinking. So the, he said this because I'm completely wrong, and he's trying to reinforce <laughs> the notion that that is true. Yeah. So, so my theory was that yeah. the Shrine of Resurrection was flooded because this takes place after the Wind Waker. Oh, oh yeah. okay. But also that there's lots of links in the world, and that old man out there is is also a link. Oh, that's an old a link again. Old link that gave up and ate a lot of food. A wrinkly well, you do, link. You do remember in uh, Twilight Princess mm. there was the. Uh, Sort of the skeletal guy that taught yep. like, all yeah, his yeah. moves. Yeah. yeah, and what was what was his name? Do you remember? He was one of the he was, he was the hero of time. The hero's right? shade. Like, yeah, the yeah. Hero's shade. See, yeah. he's an old retired link. Yeah, thought he was tossing shade. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's me. Like, oh, okay, that, that, that's what I thought. But yeah, the, I find the setting really fascinating. It's mm-hmm. like you know, initially I gotta say, right when we first saw this game, when you guys um, showed it for the first time, I was like, man, the 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 lands look very empty. Right? Mm-hmm. And like we're used to open world games like a bustling city in Grand Theft Auto or The Witcher or something like that. And like this game it looked like it looked so kind of like out in the open. But you know, now with the title Breath of the Wild and the concept that it's almost like a survival game. Yeah. Exactly. Like it mm-hmm. makes more sense. But I'm yeah. I'm curious to find is there is, it's it's not an easy thing to just survive right. out mm-hmm. in that world, let but, me tell you. Yeah, but yeah. but do you I don't know what you can talk about, but will we find like a Kakariko town equivalent where there are people you can talk about? 
talk to, or is it is it very much it's like him and the occasional NPC? So um, one of the so one of the reasons at E three that we're not going into story is because yep. we wanted we wanted to introduce the world. Obviously, right. mm-hmm. we wanted to show people you know what you can do in the world um, because there are a lot of open world games that are like that where it's like you know oh there's you know. There's it, the world is sort of a backdrop for the story we want to tell, or there's only so many things that you can do in it. So we really wanted to focus in on you know what's the actual gameplay you're going to be doing in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also because we were streaming for like six hours, seven hours straight, an entire day with the game, we we decided we don't we want people to be able to tune in and watch the live stream without having to worry about spoilers. Right. Yeah. So we haven't mm-hmm. talked about any of the gotcha. story okay. or towns yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there are there are towns, um, there are characters. There's actually not too far off the plateau is the first character that you run into. And really what they've managed to do, you know, you get kind of an indication at the beginning of the game of how they're handling sort of story Mm. from the old man. He gives you, you know, he says, oh, you should go check out, you know, that temple or, you know, you get the message from the the female voice that pops up an icon on the map to go to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, As you get off the plateau... And you start exploring the world. You'll you'll be walking out, and you might see a person, and and walk up and talk to them, or not talk to them. Yeah. And if you talk to them, you you kind of then you get a little bit of story, or you might get a mission or something like that. Yeah. that you need to go do. And if you don't talk to them, you're just off on the world. But it's they've really designed the flow of the game so that it's it's really elegant the way that you're able to just be out wandering around exploring. And yet, find your way to like somehow you fi- end up finding yourself at essentially the point that mm. you would need to be at <clears> to <throat> further the story, That's and it just kind cool. of natural it happens naturally. Yeah. yeah. So the way I kind of look at uh, so is the area the area we're playing at E three is the Great Plateau or the Isolated Plateau? Uh, the Great Plateau. Okay. Yeah. Um, what strikes me is that this almost seems like the Great Plateau, and the reason it's elevated is it is almost a miniature tutorial area, mm-hmm. in that there's all this freedom. <laughs> But mm-hmm. the minute you jump off, you would die because you need the paraglider. That's what seems to stand out to me. Yeah. And so the connection that I feel is relevant with that is that therefore shrines uh, and the ones that I've explored feel a little on the short side. Exactly. But still satisfying. Mm-hmm. Does that mean when we're off the Great Plateau, we'll see longer style shrines or longer style dungeons that we've seen in other Zeldas? Exactly. So, yeah, there's, there were a total of four shrines up on the plateau in the E3 demo. Um, there's over a hundred shrines off the plateau. We showed off in our live stream on Tuesday, late in the day. I think probably the last segment that we did. Um, we showed off. Well, there were two segments. We did one with Aonuma-san, where we did kind of uh, we we did a we just went around the whole edge of the plateau, nice. kind of peering out at what's yeah. off in the distance. And it's and killing me seeing all that stuff, <clears throat> man. It's like <laughs> it's like seeing when when you, when your parents drive past Disneyland. That's yeah, what it exactly. looks like, exactly. you know. Okay. And so we did, window. we did that, and then he showed he he brought a couple of additional videos of gameplay off the plateau, and two of them were sort of focused on how you how you use the paraglider to mm. get around to different areas. And there was this amazing one that was in this like the middle the middle of this blizzard way up on this mountain and he jumps off the mountain and paraglides down and then jumps onto his shield and starts you know shield surfing down the mountain goes off a jump switches back to his paraglider glides again with the shield still on his feet seamlessly like gets back down on the on the snow extreme sports it's it's so sweet yeah, uh, but, but, but back then, to shrines. But then, then back yeah. to the shrines. So we, the last segment that we did, we showed two additional shrines that are outside of oh, the wow. plateau. Okay. Um, and so you can go back and look at those, but they were slightly mm. longer. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the, the puzzle solving in them was a bit more complex. Yeah. And this actually, I mean, it still goes to the whole idea of the, kind of that, that the conversations we all used to have in the schoolyard. We, uh, there were... We were trying to decide which shrines to show, and so we sat down and were. Some of the team had played some of them, and then I sat down and started playing some of the mm-hmm. shrines. And they're just sitting back watching me play these shrines that they've already completed. And uh, and I walk in and I start doing this stuff, and they're like, "What, what are you doing?" And and I'm like, "They're like, You're, that's wrong." I'm like, "No, just stop. Leave me alone." <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and so I'm in this shrine, and there's this one big puzzle that I, and. I go through and I like go through this whole process yeah. of solving this thing and these these two people that had solved it themselves I get done and they're like I, I don't even understand how you solve that and that's mm-hmm. not at all what we did 
Mm. Um, but to me, that's sort of like that's the, really cool. the genius of the shrines yeah, is yeah. that you think back to you know the recent Zelda games, the more linear ones, mm-hmm. and you go into a dungeon and you get an item, and the item kind of became a key to unlock specific yep. puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really the only key to unlock yeah, those puzzles. Yeah. And with the shrines and because of the physics engine, um, there's a lot of different ways to solve the individual puzzles. Yeah. So how do you balance that though? Like, I mean, there there will be Zelda fans who say like, "Hey, for me, the Legend of Zelda is like that moment you get the hook shot, and then mm-hmm. you know you you remember, oh, I've seen all these hook shot shot targets everywhere, and now I can overcome them. Like, how do, does the game balance that? Or well, it does because there's, I mean, there's there are times where I'm out running around in the wild and I walk into a shrine and I just kind of take one look around and I'm like, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to do right. it. So you get right that now. definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, but then the beautiful thing is, is that once, because once, as soon as you go into it, you kind of unlock it. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes a warp point. Yeah. So if there's a shrine that you you get into and you look around and you decide, I I don't know how to solve this yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, you just come back out. You pop a, a pin on the map or a stamp on the map, and you know to come back to that one oh, later. Oh, that's cool. So that yeah. almost sounds to me like yeah, I love the later shrines will incorporate like multiple abilities. Because then the the ones that we saw here at the demo mm-hmm. focus specifically on one and teaching you how each one worked yeah. like I didn't realize the, how the cryosis worked and so when I saw the gate that uh, you're supposed to lift using one of those blocks it took me a second I was like I, uh, the closest thing I think that uh, represented that puzzle was something in like A Link Between Worlds with the sand rod right mm-hmm. yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and, and even then it's just uh, the function of lifting something yeah. not lifting yeah. a door and it, yeah. it felt like with that game specifically uh, you would walk up to uh, a dungeon and there'd just be a sign outside being like this is the hammer you know, yeah. it's hammer time, so get down in there and have some oh, fun. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> that happened. I I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad we got that to make that happen today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it feels like this game is going to be a little more freeform than that mm-hmm. in terms of like entering something and, and seeing that there are multiple ways to reach the yeah. objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that because that, that brings in an interesting balance in terms of it not being yeah. so regulated. Yeah. You have to use this mm-hmm. item here. You have to use this item there. Which again, you know, breaks the conventions of what of what Zelda is. But I think like we're ready for that. You know, yeah. it's been oh, a, it's man. it's been something that's yeah. yeah we've been we've been sort of like. Telling the same story in many different ways for so long now, and this is the first one that where it really feels like, man, I, I I guess I didn't really realize, yeah. like yeah. it's time for something new in this department. Well, see, I, I'm lucky because my my yeah, my kids aren't lucky. I'm lucky. Uh, they go to Japanese school on Saturdays, mm-hmm. and it's actually it's near the office. So what I've been doing for the last few months is I'll, I'm like I tell my wife I'll take them to school. It's okay. Yeah. And I go and I drop them wow. off, and then I go to the office, and I'm just like sitting down. Oh, and oh, man. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, it's yeah. no problem. Oh yeah. god, I gotta go pick them yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, Shoot, man, that's so cool. I wonder how many times they have to call and be like, "We're out now. Where are you?" Um, and then when I, well, I'm curious uh, to hear because you've been with Nintendo for some time, mm-hmm. and you have seen a lot of different Zeldas show up uh, yeah. on your doorstep. Um, other than this game, which I, w- I mean, I'd love to hear the story of the day that you saw this thing. But what is one of those games that stands out to you and a memory oh. related to that? Not to put well, you on the spot. Yeah. Actually, uh, definitely Majora's Mask yeah. on yeah. the N64 because um, so the very f- I started at Nintendo and it was kind of it was kind of weird the way they had originally interviewed me for a contract job um, and I ended up the the company that was trying to fill the contract job trying to get me in there was asking Nintendo for more money than Nintendo had budgeted for but then Nintendo just wanted to hire me so they put me on contract on a separate project which was Ocarina of Time and I was translating all the the testing documents and everything and the bug reports and so and then that finished and uh, and then I got hired on to localization because they were processing the the hiring for me to to join the localization team And, um, and so the first, actually, the first thing I worked on was uh, I did a little bit of work on Link's Awakening DX. He loves that game. Um, the game Boy yeah, it's my favorite game of all Which time. Was, yeah, it was. I love that game. Yeah. And uh, but then the that was because that was just touching up the text that already existed. There wasn't a whole lot to to do with it. Um, but uh, Majora's Mask was the first one that I was going to be fully working on from from the get go. And uh, and so they sent the game over and. And they said, you can't start translating until you finish the game. Uh, and this was, you know, this was like back in late 99, 2000. 
somewhere around in there. And so there was, you know, I mean, IGN existed, but mm-hmm. there there wasn't like a place you could go and just go online and be like walkthrough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. that's right? when we go through on reviews sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you've yeah. gone through that. Uh, yeah. I, I should have expected that. And so and so then I f- and I was playing through the game and I can't remember. I don't remember what point it was, but I finally got to a point where I was legitimately like stuck. And uh, and somebody was like, oh, just call call Onumis, call the dev team, call Onumis on and ask him what to do. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> so like, I need them to trust me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. then I had to go online and start scouring through like these obscure Japanese message boards, like trying to find because wow. the game had just released in Japan. Yeah. I was like, I need to find whatever hint I can. Same happened to us. We got the we imported the Japanese game and you know kind of tried to piece together and like how to get out of like Deku Scrub form and like yeah. we, we were stuck in so many areas because you couldn't readily access any help any help and that game was so weird you know oh, like yeah. it did things so differently yeah. yeah but for me I mean the moment like the, the two moments in that game that just stood out for me the most were the 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 um the whole storyline with Mikau and the Zoras oh, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. his death and everything and yeah. then the other one was the moment uh, spoiler alert uh, where you've had two thousand, yeah. yeah. where you, yeah. you flip the dungeon in oh Stone my. Tower, oh, it was right. just like, yeah, what just happened? That was so good. <laughs> my moment was walking out, and there's just a tree. Yeah, Do you oh, remember yeah. that sequence? I'm like, what is going on oh, now? There's yeah. just a tree with yeah. the little kids running around with the masks. Oh, which oh, is yeah, like, that was, one of the things oh, I really man. appreciate about that game, which I think I'm sort of picking up on here, is that uh, there it was very sad in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. And um, some might like a lot of people think of Zelda as this sort of like heroic adventure, and it mm-hmm. always is. But there is a lot of like sort of sorrow and tragedy. This, yeah. like, I mean, spoilers again. Link's Awakening is. <laughs> Is, that, it's it's a even very older. sad ending if yeah. you think about it. Yeah, uh, Link just lost at sea, and the entire island and all his friends that he just met disappearing. Yeah, and spoilers. And um, Link to the Past, the whole like sequence with the flute kid is just oh. like yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting a lot of sort of like notes of that in mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. where it just feels. It feels like something bad happened or well, will happen. Yeah. Everything's rusty, everything's destroyed. Yeah. Even the even the machines that are your enemies look like they've been asleep and broken, yeah. right? Yeah. Well and the thing the thing that strikes me about the game is, you know, there's there are places obviously where we can go and visit ruins, you know, like ancient Rome or Greece or whatever, mm. but they're all like tourist spots. And yeah. so you you go to these places and there's all these crumbling ruins around you, but there's like hundreds of people milling about and you're all taking your pictures and you're like, wow, that was an amazing civilization. And in this game, you're like out in this world and you're walking through a field and you come across this ruined home or settlement or whatever and there's nobody and you're just kind of stuck with this moment of I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the death of a civilization yeah. right in front of me mm-hmm. and I can see the wilderness has grown up around it and there's really nothing left of it which you don't like, you haven't wow. really seen a lot of in Zelda before it feels like the scenes in Ocarina of Time where like Link grows up and he comes out of the Temple of Time and the mm-hmm. town is just a wreck and yeah. everything's mm-hmm. burned down and, and the, the the redeads are yeah, yeah and it's brains. So, and there right. it's only been seven years so <laughs> I like the idea of like and that's where we're we're starting to figure out where this fits in the timeline because it feels like you're sort of walking through a, an adventure that happened already a story that happened already everything yeah. is in desolation everything is in ruin so far at least I mean I'm sure there's probably like a super cool town somewhere where yeah. everything's great and they're like I don't know what's going on over there mm-hmm. I thought, uh, you know, one thing that that struck us all as odd when we're playing the game, and I didn't get to try it, but you tried the Wolf Link amiibo, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, um, it it kind of, you know, that's Link. He's got the little chain on the foot, but he appears in this game. It's like, I mean, I take it as, like, this neat little bonus. It's like, you know, it's not related to the quest, but it just struck me as weird that you guys would spend all this time to create a companion model, like that you have a, a companion fighting alongside you, just for an amiibo. That's how did that come about? <laughs> uh, we just. <laughs> that's a good question. It's like I can't tell you about all we, the other companions. We, we kind of wanted. We kind of. We, we wanted a Wolf Link amiibo. Yeah, and, uh, and that's it. Okay, <laughs> and that's how we did it. And that's where we started. We were like, you know, we were releasing Twilight Princess HD, and we were working on amiibo, and and um, you know, NOA and NCL. We were talking about well. How do we want to, you know? How do we want to launch the game, and what do we want to? Is there what else can we do? It's because you know it's Twilight Princess HD. It's Twilight Princess, great game. It's an HD remake. What else can we add to it to kind of give it a little bit more? Oomph? Yeah. And so one of the ideas was an amiibo, and we said, well, 
you know, if we're going to do an amiibo, it should be really Wolf Link with Midna on the back. Yeah. And uh, and we were talking about functionality and, and said, you know, if we're, if we're going to do this amiibo, we need to make sure that it has a connection to um, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you've got to, you know, and it can't just be, oh, I have it, let me tap it in. It's, you know, mm-hmm. we always want to find a way to, you're, you're doing something in the game and saving that progress and then bringing it over to yeah. the other game so that there's an actual reason to, to own the amiibo rather than just... Oh, it's a toy, and it does an extra thing. Yeah, you're sure. making us earn it almost. It actually yeah. feels like like it, it's a cool job to have to do between now and when that game comes out. Like, I want to go home and beat that t- that area with as many hearts as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think you just gave everyone a reason to jump back in. Yeah. Um, I'm curious then, does someone who uh, maybe purchased Twilight Princess digitally and didn't buy it as the pack mm-hmm. in, um, they don't have that amiibo? Is right. that going to be sold separately, or can that person get a wolf without the amiibo? So. You won't be able to get the wolf without the amiibo. Um, currently, I think the amiibo is only available bundled with the game. That's right. But I suspect that once we get closer to launch, we'll probably make it available so that folks that did buy it digitally have another option to, to get the wolf. Absolutely. Yeah, also, if you cool. scan other amiibos, they work. Like Waluigi will follow you around the entire. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Imagine that. Was it not true? true. It's not but true. did you Don't use? That new story. You used the wolf? Were you like completely OP when you were playing with uh, the wolf? Or? I well, the wolf kind of does his own thing you know? well, so there's a couple of so there are the wolf is a little bit of risk reward yeah like built into him because um, <laughs> I just you know, remembered something Keep you going. can sorry. You, like if you walk up to the wolf you can press the button you press the A button and he'll, he'll stay in his position um, you can call him later but if you're just like kind of for example you're out walking tramping through the woods and you've got you know wolf link running alongside you and you come up over the top of a hill and it just so happens that there's an enemy camp on the other side he, like he's gonna dive right in and start going after them, and yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. right, and basically right. blow the lid off. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 so then you're like, "Whoa, I yeah. wasn't ready to fight yeah. these dudes." Yeah. So <laughs> I've accidentally struck uh, Wolf, <laughs> the Wolf Link, and uh, that was really bad. Yeah, you- I did. Um, it What's was wrong with well. You? It was half accident, half not, because uh, I'm gonna tell the story, and then we have to go because I know uh, okay. Pear has to be somewhere. But. Um, yeah, I, I basically, there was a rock and a treasure chest that was partially hidden by it, mm-hmm. and uh, my demonstrator oh, no. let me waste some time before he said, just go in that shrine to the right, you might find something cool in there, mm-hmm. uh, which ended up being something that could help me there. Regardless, I kept putting bombs there, and I had uh, Wolf Link with me, and it was kind of close near it, and uh, my demonstrator said, hey, be careful, you're gonna, and I just did it on reflex, and he just like, Rrr! and it like fell over, and it, it survived, but there was like very little hope left, and I was like, Oh, oh man! Like I, could, I you can strike the wolf. So wait, can I mean? But does that mean like something like a horse? Can you accidentally like get it killed? For example, maybe by running off a, a mountain or something? Or did you guys like just go? Nope, that's not a thing. I thought I thought you were going to tell your story and then we have to go. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you can answer that first if you can. Oh, let's talk about that next time. Uh, <laughs> it's probably safe to say you shouldn't jump off a yeah. cliff for the horse. I've no. seen the revenant. Yeah, it no, that's out. true. That's yeah. true. Unless um, you have a Pegasus. Well, there you go. Uh-oh. All right. Well, thank you for watching <laughs> Nintendo Wish Chat. Bill, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the thanks, show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we got to do it in person for yeah. a change. Yeah, this is great. Great yeah. show. If you're ever in town, hit us up. You're always yeah. welcome. All right. Okay. And uh, Bring for Zelda. more, yeah, for everything <laughs> Zelda, you're already in the right place right here at IGN.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.